0: Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose, and experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keys. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, this week, I really want to focus, and it's going to be a solo act, no, uh, no guest today, but I really want to focus this show, this recording, this podcast on you. 100% on you. Because every person here listening, what I'm about to talk about, hopefully, or I believe, applies to every one of us. You know, when we think about life and going forward, part of our ability to enjoy, part of our ability to contribute, part of our fulfillment in life is about our dreams, goals, and vision. And so my question I have for everybody listening today, are you clear about your future? Are you clear about your vision? Are you clear about your dreams? Are you clear about your direction? There's all kinds of research, different research that's been out there about the impact that having clarity about our direction and having it written out does to our success in life. In one of those studies was talking about individuals, the difference between not only individuals who knew about their direction, but those who wrote it out, but not only wrote it out, but then focused on it or looked at it or reviewed it on a regular basis, a weekly basis or even a daily basis. So that this is a guiding principle. You would never get in an airplane with a pilot in today's busy skies without a flight plan. Why would you ever do that in our own life? Now we get busy and we're so busy being busy, we don't take the time to really reflect and think about our direction. And I know my good friend, Les Hewitt, who wrote The Power of Focus, is one of the things that I get entrepreneurs to do is once a quarter, they need to go away for the weekend and say, you know, am I really becoming and doing what I need to do in life? So the question for you, when was the last time you took the time to reflect? And are you clear? Do you have goals written out that links to the direction and the success in life? Now, not from a self-centered point of view. Because there's all kinds of different philosophy faced that people that are listening to the show. I believe that every single person here has an assignment. I believe that every single person here has a purpose. And that every person has uh, latent or uh, talents or gifts uh, or contributions to be made in a positive way on this planet. And so let's start with that. But today's show... I'm going to take and dive deep into one of the chapters in my The Quest for Purpose book. And so The Quest for Purpose, I wrote that, oddly enough, I was just actually going through my own goals. In 1986, (laughs) yes, a little while ago, is 31 years ago, I wrote a note that I wanted to write a book about helping people to realize their potential. In that really, that came together two years ago with the release of The Quest for Purpose. Now, The Quest for Purpose is a book that requires work, requires effort. It requires you to uh, respond to questions, to put those answers down, to be reflective of those. Because life isn't just for those people that just show up. And interesting, my wife, Brenda, who works at a university, is just reading the book Grit. And so in the book, Grit, they talk about how so many people, especially it seems to be the younger generation, but I don't want to paint a brush that everybody's this way, wants to have an answer to their questions immediately, sort of like a microwave life. But the reality is, is that it takes time. When I got into this profession of speaking, one of my very first events was for an agricultural group that I had... Uh, known about that had known me, they knew that I had gone into being a professional speaker. I had been doing it for um, speaking sort of non-professionally for years as an MC. I was always asked to be able to do it in, in my younger years. I then was part of Toastmasters and then I joined the National Speakers Association. But it wasn't a few weeks into me professionally uh, or making professional speaking my livelihood that I did a presentation for a group, and it was an absolute disaster. I knew in my heart I had not served this audience. I knew in my heart I hadn't prepared. I knew in my heart that they were gracious, because many of these individuals were my friends, many of these individuals I had known for years. They had put in my hands the confidence to be able to serve this audience And unfortunately, I didn't. At that moment, at that very moment, at that moment of, I want to call it despair, but it was pretty close, I said, oh man, should I still keep speaking? I mean, all of us want to quit somewhere along the line. And here we are, you know, 30 plus years later, 3,000 presentations presentations all around the world from Singapore and Malaysia to Florida to LA to Toronto to wherever it is and in webinars that go all around the world and I said if I would have quit none of that would have occurred. So one of the lessons, one of the points here right now and I'm going to go into a chapter about the Big Ten here in a moment for you is that even if you're on track even if you're doing what you're called to do, even if you are completely on purpose, is that you are still going to have events that push back on you that will be failure-driven. But failure is not an end in itself. Just pick yourself up. Keep going. Keep going on developing yourself. And then I was blessed with a contract with somebody else where we had the sole source training for all of Chrysler for nearly a decade. And in that period of time, now, I would never do it again, but it was very, very beneficial, is that I was doing 200 presentations a year for over six years in a row. Now, I was away a lot, and that's not something that I would wish on any family to be away nearly 300 days a year on the road, traveling in an airplane in a city. But what happened was, after 1,000 presentations, I got better. I improved. And even recently, in the last five to seven years, even though I had been doing it for 25 years, there was another level again that I was able to improve in. And it was just experience. It was maturity. And can I get better? Absolutely. But one of the things that was really coming is that you, if you are a master and committed to mastery, not mediocre, which I talked about in a previous show, then we should always be growing. We should always be developing. And that in itself brings fulfillment to the profession that we've chosen. That is opposite to what society wants to teach you. That in two months in a job, if you don't figure out that you fit, then quit and go somewhere else. And a lot of times, <clears throat> what's happening is people never get to experience. What excellence is you know there was a, a story some of you've heard it before where this individual was watching this pianist to in this concert and he was amazing he just knocked it out of the park and this individual had an opportunity to actually meet this artist after the show after the concert and he said to the pianist "He said you know what I would give my life to play like that. And the pianist responded, I did. And so the question is, if you're going to be good at what you do, if you're going to be excellent at what you do, if you're going to fulfill your goals and dreams, is that this is not for the faint-hearted. You know, if you want to have a life of mediocre and sort of average, then that is the response and that's the level that life will require of you. So let's just spend a little bit of time diving deep in three very simple concepts. I'm not going to keep you long in this show because this show was really about this podcast is about you and you doing some work because you know what? You matter. Every single person listening to this matters. And I share this in my book, The Quest for Purpose. That is not something that I always believed about myself. When I was younger, when I was in my 19 or 20, 21, my self-worth was very low, even to the point of considering suicide, because I wasn't worth keeping on this planet. If you're thinking that, if you've considered that, then I want to say right now that that's not true, that it's a falsehood. That is, as they say, fake news. So today is really about not self-absorption but self-honoring and don't have this false humility that oh wow well, this stuff is not for me you know and and uh, I don't want to get down this track because I'm going to beget, become arrogant no that's not what this is about this is about owning your own space you bring value to this community but we are each responsible for doing it we're each responsible to clarify and to document and to implement our dreams and goals that each of us have. You know what? You're meant to have dreams and goals. And the bigger the better because that inspires you. One of the things that Jim Kuzis, my colleague from the Leadership Challenge, talks about in any organization, challenge inspires momentum. Challenge inspires engagement. It's people that are bored not doing anything, not trying new things, that they quit and they can't figure out why they're not fulfilled. You know, 100% of the individuals who are bored are responsible for their own boredom. It is a choice. It is not a condition set. In your environment, you are 100% responsible for your attitude. I actually dislike that statement because I needed it the other day where I kind of got a little grumpy with my wife, Brenda. I admit it here on the show. I don't know if any of you have ever been that way. And you see, you know what, I need to be responsible for that. Nobody can make you grumpy. Nobody can upset you. So, same thing with your attitude. So today, I just want to focus on this concept that's in the book The Quest for Purpose. And my encouragement is if you haven't got the book, if you haven't purchased it, then, you know, go to the quest for, uh, for Ca and acquire a copy, or get a copy for somebody that you care about. Yes, it will require work. You have to read it. Hello. You also have to fill it out, all the questions, to get value out of it. But I did this myself in 1989, where I spent six months going through the process that I teach you in that book. Why am I so passionate? I don't know what it is. I just got stirred up. I just said, you know what? Everybody here matters but it also means you need to take responsibility and take it up a notch because you can, you can kick butt out there, Uh, pardon the pun. So the three things that I would like you to do homework on is what I call the ten things, the ten passions, or the three big tens, as we call it. So my question for you is, number one, is what are the ten, what have been, the 10 most important events in your entire life. So I'm going to share with you some of the ones that have been for me. Nobody should judge you on what those top 10 are, but what are the top 10 most important things that have ever happened to you? If it's important to you and you look back at it, now the younger you are, the less sort of – Width or opportunity to put things on your list, but it doesn't matter. If you're 15 or 16, you already have 10 most important things that happened to you. could be that it was a birthday party, a surprise birthday party. One of your friends did for you in grade 10 or 11 or 12. That doesn't matter. That is your important 10, so start with that. So when I started to redo my list and review my list, recently my list adjusted. And I said, okay, because the 10 most important things really should be current. As our life expands and grows and new experiences occur, there might be some other things that drop off that were the most important before. I mean, in the past, probably in a list 30 years ago, one of the 10 most important things is I made it through high school. I actually graduated. <laughs> I said, hallelujah, we made it through that one. But it's not on my list anymore. So the the 10 most important things, here's a couple of things that are on my list. Number one was just my uh, faith, my ability to make a determination and be part of a faith community where I wasn't there for many, many years. And I, um, it cost me dearly uh, not believing that there was a spiritual element in our life. One that really came right after that is that my ordination, which occurred just three years ago, and I said, you know what, that was an important um, element in my life to say, you know, that is a piece. That is the most important part of my entire life is my faith position. Some of the other items are important is my wedding, my wedding day. And if you're married and if uh, your wedding is not in your top ten, ooh, that's a bit of a concern, isn't it? So, again, uh, redefining my life with Brenda – Uh, Having my children, Stephanie and Tim, are on my important list, and I still remember being in the hospital when the nurse handed Tim to me. Here I am supposed to be this tough guy. I'm just this blubbering, crying idiot, but I love my son, and I just was so thankful, and it was linking just to the creation of life and how important that was. But some of the other uh, items were personal success items for me. So I mentioned my ordination, but I also uh, graduated from uh, Bible school for that. And uh, that was very, very important when I did sort of distance learning. Finishing my MBA, and because I struggled so much in high school, and my grade 9 teacher said that I would never amount to anything because – Later on, when I was doing my master's degree, they discovered that I was dyslexic. And um, then the invention of computers. I'm sorry, I'm so old that I went to school when there were no computers. And the little red line in Word didn't tell me, or didn't exist, to be able to tell me that I didn't, couldn't, uh, wasn't spelling the word correctly. And so uh, even finishing my MBA and starting to learn how to write and type on a computer uh, that was uh, amazing and be able to get second-class honors or pardon me honors in that uh, MBA and then recently to finish my PhD and doctorate in leadership management psychology and get a 4.0 Grade point and I said what what is with that? How, how does that even happen? I almost failed high school where high school was It was, I want to get through it, but all the courses that I struggled in were English-related. So, social studies for the most part, okay, all the sports, all the shop classes, uh, but English, you know, some of the sciences, uh, algebra, these are the things that I did not enjoy whatsoever. And then other exciting or important, pardon me, important items were... um, in my life, I've just been very fortunate to be able to be in a position to give to certain individuals. And I still remember certain uh, situations, and this is not to brag on me at all, it really has to do with my belief system, is that, you know, it is better to give than it is to receive. And one of the most important things, I still remember being at a restaurant, and there was this lady who was just for whatever reason, we had a long conversation. It was a Mother's Day brudge, uh, and she was just so kind to us, so good to us. But I was able to uh, bless her significantly with a tip there. It was interesting. When she opened the folder and we were in the restaurant, she screamed and yelled in the back of the restaurant and came out in tears to me after that, and she says, you have no idea how much we needed this because I'm a single mom, and uh, the situation at home is not that good. You know, you, you have the chance to do that every single day with somebody, a word of encouragement. If you have the resources to give the individuals to do that, even if you don't, just give your time to help and support somebody else. And I said, you know what? That's what life's about, is to uh, give and to bless others in their life. One of the other more important, well, actually, it's more exciting for me, is, well, I'll come to that here in a minute. So those are examples of the most important things in my life. So what are the most important things that have happened in your lifetime? What would you put down in your list? If you're driving or jogging as you listen to this podcast, I want you to stop and go back over this recording to take a moment and create a journal, create a sheet, and do this work. You know, it doesn't have to take you that long, but what were you doing if you weren't doing it? You know, get off of Facebook, get off of uh, LinkedIn, stop the social media, Instagram stuff, and give yourself a gift, and that is to really document some of these things. The next category that I put in the book, what, were the, what have been the 10 most exciting things in life for you? And that where it just enthralled you, your adrenaline was running, you uh, couldn't even hardly stand yourself, uh, and uh, you didn't have to work at it. This is natural excitement. So when I was looking at this list more recently, one of the first things in sort of my life that was uh, just outstanding. In 1976, okay, so we're 41 years ago, I won a 4-H trip to Toronto, Canada, and I was asked on behalf of the leaders to give the thank you speech to all the sponsors of that event. So here it is, a black tie dinner, five or six hundred people in the room. I was so nervous, but you know what? I was so excited, the privilege to be asked to do it, the excitement, it was a rush. And I knew at that moment, this was something that I was destined to do for the rest of my life. Exactly how? I was unclear at 16. But I knew being a communicator and encouraging others and challenging others to be better and teaching others and educating them was something that I was going to do for the rest of my life. Another one when we think about exciting is I had the opportunity to have my first very large crowd of 2,500. And when they were just rocking and we were engaged and be able to serve them, it was phenomenal. And then recently, a couple of years ago, when I did my first keynote based on the book, The Quest for Purpose, and where over 30 years of work has come together, to be able to serve that audience and teach them about the importance that they have in life and they bring, in that here are the steps that you need to go through or can go through to be able to realize your purpose in life and contribute at the highest level. That was one of the most meaningful moments as a speaker because it was all that work to be able to share that knowledge, that wisdom that had been acquired over that time. The other thing that's exciting is that we are a family, an adventure family. So bungee jumping, uh, winning a go-kart race with my son, it was team racing with a father-son sort of group, and it was pretty cool at the very end of that hour-long racing for Tim and myself to win that. That was so exciting to be able to race that long. When traveling the world, and one of the things when um, just going through Australia for six weeks with a friend of mine when I was single, traveling through Europe, winning a trip there, and just being able to take in society and all the things that man had done over their time, or speaking and traveling in Asia and Singapore and Malaysia. Uh, whatever the case, or whitewater rafting and all the different things that came with that, it's just those are exciting moments to be able to kind of engage life. The next one, so what is it that is most exciting for you? What have been the 10 most exciting events that have occurred for you in your lifetime? Take the time to write it down. Be careful. See, our life is leaving clues about what we need to repeat, where we need to continue on. The next category is peaceful. What are the 10 most peaceful times in your life? Now, for me, it's a prayer time, and so that's always peaceful for me. But I started to think about what are some events in my life, and uh, when I was still single, it was in the 80s, I got my scuba ticket and license, and I when I traveled to Australia, and this is when the Great Barrier Reef was just amazing. I guess it's less now, but I haven't dived it recently. But I was able to dive the Great Barrier Reef, and I was just amazed at the colors. The yellow wasn't yellow. Yellow was brighter than yellow, and purple was brighter than purple. And the colors and the movement of the fish, I was just in a place of just, wow, look at creation. Look at all of these things here. It was just amazing. One of the things that we're blessed with as a, as a family is that we have a timeshare in Whistler, British Columbia, which is usually rated one of the top three ski hills in all of North America. It's where the 2010 Winter Olympics were held. And so we have a timeshare and we go up there just about every summer. And it was interesting, I was hiking up to the top of the mountain and just in the middle of this majestic uh, mountain and, uh, in the summertime, not the winter and just the majesty of the mountains, of the snow, of the grass, of black bears (laughs) in the area, and just saying, wow, wow, that's amazing. So what are your most peaceful times where you are grounded, where you are centered, where you just are overcome with this consciousness, this mindfulness, and this, this place, of peace this place of not being anxious this place of not being fearful not worrying any of those kinds of things where is that for you now the last one in our show today so i want you to go off the grid again and make this list and so if these are the most important exciting and peaceful elements in your life how do you duplicate it how do you increase it? How do you make sure that these things are present so that you are then able to connect and discover and realize and optimize your life with those things that you have been gifted with? The final item today is for you, is your seven to 10 top passions. And when I say passions, these are for the most part doing things. Maybe it's just uh, reading a book. That might be a real passion for you. Maybe it's playing golf and you could play golf like around every single day for the rest of your life. So what are you passionate about? What is it that you really have this energy around it? Now, there's all kinds of theories about where it comes from, but here is the bottom line about it. You don't need to know where your passion come from, comes from. You just need to know that you have passion and that you have passion for that certain item. I just want to reference the book Grit again, in that is, her research showed that unless you have passion, you will not have grit. You will not have, there's another word that people are using in the marketplace today, and that's resilience. You know, you will not have the staying power that we talked about earlier to realize your dreams if it's not something that's around passion. Now, I remember last, a year ago, being at a conference, and this individual, I won't repeat their name, is very well known in the career development field. And he said, I'd be very careful about deciding or determining my career based on passion. I said, what? I almost fell off my chair, I said, what are you talking about? What are you doing misleading these people? And then there was an article by another individual who said that passion is not required to be successful in life. I said, what is this idiot talking about? I was so furious because passion is this inherent energy that helps and causes us to overcome the difficulties and the challenges that all of us will face In life, and that passion in her research, which is a brand new book called Grit, had identified that passion is one of the number one characteristics to success. Oh, duh! We knew that all along. She just proved that through the research that she did. And so, my encouragement to you is that if you hate what you're doing, What's the likelihood that you're going to be successful, that you're going to do what it takes, that you're going to step it up a level, that you are going to push through the junk and the crap and everything that we go through in life? Very little. So I don't care that this person was uh, a doctor, that he had a lot of sort of presence and experience, In career development, he was 100% wrong, and the data from Grit proves it. So what are your passions? For me, when I'm doing this right, right now, I'm in my home where I have a private office where I'm able to kind of record these podcasts. Can you tell that I like what I'm doing? Am I forcing myself to do this? Absolutely not. I was uh, when I do uh, my education or our certification, our three-day certification, or I'm doing training with a group, and we just finished doing uh, some work um, with the U.S. government, and doing uh, workshops for leaderships, uh, leaders. Pardon me. Is uh, somebody asked, well, do you have to work on that? I said, absolutely not. Or if I'm doing a keynote presentation in front of 400, 500, 800, 2,000, that's not work. That is an absolute passion for me. And so what are you passionate about? What is it that really drives you? you, This is beyond exciting. This is something that is at the core just so meaningful to you that you have this energy around it. Now again, I say, you don't need to know where it comes from. You just need to know that it's there. I don't know why I love speaking. I don't know why I love communicating. I don't know why uh, I just uh, get uh, so passionate about transforming people's lives and educating them and, and helping them go to the next level and being given the privilege to serve and support the transformation of others, but I do. And I've known that now for 30 years, and that has been the work that I've been doing for 30 years in some form or another. So that passion will probably not change throughout your lifetime. But the method and how you implement and live that passion might. So now, in this world of information technology and how education gets transported, here we are in a podcast recording it for you to listen to 24-7 anywhere in the world. Well, who would have thought that even 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago when they're just starting to come out? And now this is kind of like my number one method that I take information in is through podcasts, through other experts who can teach and lead me and help me to grow. So thank you for, because you're listening to this very word, you know, listening to it, and thank you for sharing, and thank you for passing it on to others. So here's sort of my wrap-up comments for you today, is, you know what, every single person, as I started the show, matters. Every single person is responsible for their goal, their dream, their vision about where you're going. If you don't know where you're going, then your number one goal is to get your goals and vision done. If you don't have a purpose, then your purpose is is to find your purpose. If you want to access my book, The Quest for Purpose, to help you in that, just please go online and get that at thequestforpurpose.ca. There are all kinds of other resources. Do the work. Get clarity. You will be amazed at what will happen in your life if you do it. Now, if you're already doing it, then congratulations for being part of the 1% to 4% of the population that actually documents their goals. And when I started the show, I was talking about the research that very few people document and fewer uh, actually revisit them. But there was a study done saying they looked at all these individuals, And less than 4% of the population document and listen and review their goals. But the net worth, not that money is everything, but the net worth of the 4% outweighed the 96% combined. You can't say that documenting your goals and your vision and your dreams doesn't make a difference. Of course it does. The other items that we shared with you today, what are the 10 most important things that have happened in your life, the 10 most exciting things, the 10 most peaceful times in your life, and finally, the top seven to 10 passions in your life. Take all of those, get that documented, and start reflecting and looking at them and says, does your life reflect those items which are most important, exciting, peaceful, and passionate? about as we do every show thank you very much for taking the most valuable commodity that you have and sharing it with us here today and that is your time if you like what we've done if you appreciate the work that we're doing here please share pass it on let others know leave a positive comment in whatever platform you're listening if it's Stitcher if it's iTunes SoundCloud whatever it is and I thank you for spending this time here final comments. You are worth it. You are worthy and you are here and you can make a positive difference. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes.